Hello, Nick. You've got you. Yeah, you've got me. Morning, everyone. We've got you. Hi, Nick. Welcome to the Wine Show Australia. How are you? Um, oh, you know, for 9am on a Sunday morning, I'm, I'm remarkably well. Tell me. I could, I, be a lot, I could be a lot worse. Okay, good. Hey, Nick. How are you going? Susie? Hi, Suze. Oh, as if I wouldn't recognise that vowel-strangling <laughs> Kiwi accent. I think he's referring to when he was on Gourmet Traveller Wine and when he wouldn't answer the phone, I would just go repeat, repeat, repeat until he picked <laughs> the phone up and then I would text going, I'm not stopping, so pick it up. I love your tenacity. I'm a, I'm a busy man. I don't have the two and a half hours it requires to take a phone call from you, Susan. Oh, whatever. <laughs> hey, I understand there's a really good story of how you guys met. Can you tell it, Suze? Or, uh, yeah, I was reminding Nick about it the other day. Summarise at, at, at a winemaker, a gourmet traveller, winemaker, winemaker of the year event, wasn't it? Yeah, no. mm. yeah, in Melbourne. Yeah, and then Judy, who is Sarah's, who when it was under ACP days and happy days, um, introduced me to Nick, and she was like, "Oh, have you met Sue's? You know, she's working with us in gourmet traveller wine." And Judy finished it off with, "Oh, she's a Kiwi." And Nick just looked at me with disdain and went, oh, so I guess you drink Sav Blanc, do you? And I was like, no, I drink Riesling and Chardonnay. And Nick has a lot of hair and he had put gel or something in it and it was literally standing up as high as it could be. So my response was, what happened to your hair? Did you put the, your finger in an electric socket or something? And then he was like, do you want a drink? And I'm like, yeah, Riesling, thanks. So, me and Larry Cherubino, some of the biggest hair in the Australian wine industry, yeah. <laughs> in the one place Larry at one time. There. And you two were like lisping at each other. You have this thing where, you know, you just you were just being silly and like lisping or talking in some yeah. funny voice. Was that lisping or was that just three or four glasses of wine? Here? <sighs> no, no, it was a, it's a long-standing long uh, uh, private joke. And um, I can tell you that it, it still it continues to this day. <laughs> Don't doubt. Don't doubt. And I remember you had been um, in the Mornington Peninsula and weren't you driving like the Phantom? Didn't they have like three or something in the country and they're giving you the, the, this car, this Rolls Royce to drive around Mornington? Yeah. And we were laughing going, wow. You'll remember the mag used to do these stories that were sort of called Wine Region Drives and the, and the whole idea was you were supposed to... Yeah. Go fly into somewhere, pick up a hire car, and 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 drive around the wine region as a, as a normal punter would. Mm. And the, um, an event in Sydney, I'd met the marketing director for Rolls Royce, who said, you know, he was a massive fan of the magazine and he loved those stories in particular. And you know, if I ever wanted to do, use a Rolls Royce to do one, he could arrange it. I went, yeah, okay. So I remember going to pick that car. I remember going to pick that car up in Melbourne, and and the the dealer in Melbourne didn't really understand why I was there or what I was doing. And he, I remember he said to me, he said, "Look, you understand if you were to buy this car, if you were to come in with a check for one point three million dollars to, to yeah. buy this car, I'd let you drive it for half an hour as a test drive before I I took the check. But why am I giving it to you for three days for nothing?" And I said, "Yeah, it just is." So he gave me this whole rundown of the car and what to do and what not to do and everything else. And then I asked him where the uh, anchor points for a baby seat were because I had my six-month-old daughter <laughs> uh, with us at the time. Oh, wow. And he literally, he had never been asked in 25 <laughs> years of selling Rolls Royces where the anchor seats for a baby for a baby seat were. I had very good three days with that car. I took it to the Dramana drive-in. 
spent an <laughs> evening at the Tramana drive in in that car. I um uh you know, there's a pretty fancy cars drive around the morning to Peninsula but but no one had me beaten in that one. So yeah, that was one of the fun stories. It's a yeah. nice way to do it in style. Mm. Honey, I saw on your Instagram you recently met Foo Fighters Dave Grohl at the park <laughs> in Adelaide. What you um, talk about? Uh, yeah, okay, so that's that's what happens when you hang around the Exeter in, in Adelaide, the uh, the greatest pub on earth. And, in fact, if you are subscribers to the World of Fine Wine, the most beautiful wine magazine in the world, which uh, the latest issue has just arrived in Australia last week, I've actually got a, a column in there about the Exeter Hotel. But that one was I was having a beer at the Exeter and my dear friend Amber Okota, um, the the wife of my, my, my late old buddy Tara Sakota, they had a label called Dakota Barrels. And Amber had been approached um apparently Dave Grohl. Amber was mate of someone in the in the um in the uh, Foo Fighters world who wanted to organise a little private dinner for Dave and the rest of the guys in the band. Um so they did it very quietly, very discreetly upstairs at the Exeter and I just sort of happened to run into Amber and she dragged me up there to have a drink. So, yeah, nice guy. Loves Grenache. Oh, love Foo Fighters and I love Grenache. Which is always a, a good sign of a, of, a, of a quality person, someone who, who has the capacity to love Grenache. I completely agree, Nick, completely agree. So actually, what's on that? Do you have a favourite varietal? Uh, not, you know... The, yeah, if you, if you if you were to go to the cellar and you know the weight of numbers would start to to paint a picture that answers that question. So in you know, in my cellar there's a, you know a lot of riesling, riesling and chardonnay. I think you know as far as white varieties go would dominate the white section of the cellar. Mm. Grenache, pinot, um, I love Nebbiolo. Um, and you yes. know, wish I had a lot more money to drink a lot more of it. Um, mm. Cabernet, I, I, you know, I, I still think Cabernet, great Cabernet, is um, is untouchable in that you know when you want elegance and structure and and finesse and and, and architectural detail. I think Cabernet, you know, can do that incredibly well. So um, mm. no, look, I would I'd be very disappointed. You know, in myself, if I if I drank the same you know wines made from the same variety more than four or five times a week, yeah, oh, fair enough. Actually, it was a cab sav that really got you on the path of of exploring wine. Is that right? Back at like a a school a school trip, or there was something <laughs> about a cab sav that you just went well, on and it dropped. No, there was a school excursion when I was in year eight at school. I went to, um, I was educated by Jesuits in Adelaide and, and, and they've got, um, you know, the Jesuits own a, a winery in the Clare Valley, the Seven, Seven Hill Cellars. I had so, them on the show last week. Ah, oh, really? Who'd you have on? Yeah, great wine. Will, Will, Will's got a great head for radio. And um, <laughs> so... That was that was our year eight school excursion. They took a hundred boys up there, and we got a tour of the cemetery, and we got a tour of the old boarding school building, and then dear old brother John May gave us a, a, a obviously dry lesson on fermentation and, and wine making. It's a bit of a science lesson, and then 
we had to get a mass in the chapel and then John took us down into the crypt where they buried all the old Jesuits and then showed us the spot that was waiting there for him and that's where he that's where he is now but um the the influence of that that, that excursion must have been quite profound because years later I was I was judging the Adelaide Hills wine show and there were um, six judges and and five of us had all gone to school together so there was um, Dave Lemire, who's a master wine at Sean Smith, and Tara Sakoda, and Paul Smith, who was at Wirra Wirra, and, and Matt Pick, who's at Sepultsfield now, and, and me. So I thought, you know, that was a hell of a school excursion that turned us all into booze hounds. <laughs> hey, um, you know, shout out to Fiona McDonald, who uh, gave me a couple Lovely of questions. I know, our, our dear, dear friend, um, Fiona, who is. Um, you must look at following her on Instagram, Fiona Fine Wines, or It's a Big Lap. Fiona, um, very sadly, got motor neuron disease in 2021, and um, there was an Australian story about her. And Fiona wrote the the Henschke book and worked for Henschke for like 17 years. And you know, um, Fine Wine Partners, a bit of an institution and widely known. And um, background was TV. It's a big lap. Um, it's a knockout and what I took the, every opportunity to remind Fiona of her, her 1980s television days. <laughs> her Instagram is just hilarious at the moment because I don't know that I know. If she was the first friend I made in the wine industry, she was fantastic. And I remember I was going to a concert with her and a friend of mine, Tracy Shane, who worked for one of the other wineries, and um, we were seeing Sting at the Opera House. And Tanya Buchanan, who was at that point the editor of um, Bell and now House and Garden, she um, would say, oh, I love Fiona. You know, she reminds me of my, my childhood growing up. And I remember we were we were walking and I said to Fiona, did you do TV? And she goes, oh, yeah. And I had no idea. And then everyone started talking about Fiona. But look, she's doing this fundraising and um, she's we did this big lap all around Australia and she's trying to raise a quarter of a million dollars and she's up to, God, 151,000, Nick. It's incredible. Yeah, no, it's been great. So, yeah, no, so she's um, Fiona Fine Wines and in the bio there's a link and you can click through to to um, donate, but also it's a big lap. But her and her sister did the most incredible trip around Australia and you can look in Australian story. It was about six or seven weeks ago. Um, but, yeah, shout out to yes, Fiona. No, they, they came through through Claire and, and, and we caught up with them when we came through Claire. So, um, but, you know, Fiona has... has Pretty much, they lost the capacity for speech, but she can still swear very eloquently on a um, <laughs> on a little whiteboard. So you, you still oh, you sign can't language. The wow. sign language is just phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, you always know. There's a, there's still there's a look in the eye that lets you know, and she's um <laughs> there's a very cheeky look in the eye. But one of the questions she gave me was, "Is it true that you co-wrote a poem with Russell Crowe?" Uh, yeah, well, uh, I wrote it and then Russell changed it, but yeah, it's, um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it was, uh, it was, uh, a skit. So each year, um, the Hensky family, you know, they, they sort of have a, an overarching theme for the, for the launch of that, you know, the, the Hill of Grace being launched that year. And, uh, and they, they try and get a sense of the vintage, a sense of the harvest and, and, um, 
and try and encapsulate that some way in, in when they when they launch the wine and um, this particular year it was all about sort of the, the nocturnal nature of the vineyard and then sort of you know, the vineyard resting at night and, 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 and Sammy Walk shot some beautiful footage, amazing footage of the vineyard and whatever else at night. And then Fiona had um, threw the writing job at me and said, this is more your florid, you know, overwritten kind of crap rather than Fiona's beautiful, um, precise and succinct style. So I wrote I wrote something that, you know, I sent it through and then they all loved it and sent it off to Russell for his thoughts and he made a few changes, recorded it, sent it back and said, right, there you go, there it is, it's done. And we thought there was going to be a bit of toing and froing going backwards and forwards, but... Um, I think you probably still see it on 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 YouTube somewhere. It's it's uh, some very peak Russell Crowe narration, deep and uh, <laughs> sonorous, and then various yeah. So, but um, yeah, exactly what that that beautiful wine deserves. So, what does the big man like to drink? What's his? Uh, okay, probably beer. But when he's drinking wine, no, did no, you? No, 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 no. <laughs> I think he's. I think. Well, that's. I think the reason he did it, and uh, and the payment he took for that particular job were. Um, Came in, came in bottles. So yeah, no, I think he's a yes. he's a, a hill of grace man for sure. Yes, well, he can afford it. So lucky Russell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah hey, lucky I've Russell. Got a, uh, I've got a question in for both of you. Um, this one is in from Christopher, one of our absolute favourite listeners. Uh, good morning, Christopher. And by the way, Christopher, thank you for your other text. I'm going to read that after this interview. Uh, this one he says a question for both Nick and Suze. How do you deal with really difficult winemakers who always think that their own wines are the very best and or battle over giving wines for tastings? Oh, the story. <laughs> Going, Nick. Um, um, oh, well, if, if, if someone doesn't want to cough their wines up for tasting them, that's fine. I don't, you know, there's, there's no obligation to do it. Um, look, I, I guess I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit luckier in that I'm not in the in the numbers allocating and business and everything. So I'm, I guess I've got a um, a finer filter to what ends up on on the page. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of writing features and things, so um, yeah, it's not like I'm doing lots and lots of little tasting notes and reviews and, and scores that way. So I think I'm probably, and I know Susan and I have had this conversation, I'm, I'm lucky that I don't have, you know, Wine, wine makers ring up going, hang on, why did I only get 91 points when so-and-so gave me 95 points? By uh, uh, staying out of, of that space, I, I, I probably don't cop as much grief as, as some oh, yeah. other people. But I'm mm. also, you yeah, know, there's, there's, <laughs> there's, there's one particular winemaker I won't name who still um, refuses to speak to me over something <laughs> I wrote about Pinot Gris, just in general, not even his particular wine. Oh, but, wow. Um, uh, Sensitive. Yeah, and actually, I was Mike Benny and I were in, in Perth a little while ago, um, and Mike ran into this winemaker in a, the bar next to the one we were drinking in and, and asked him to come in, and he went, I'm not going anywhere that Nick Ryan's at. And I went, okay, all good. Wow, <laughs> probably, wow. Probably you really That's why he's doing what he's, he's a smarter man than he appears. Mm, mm. Well, look, it's interesting because that's 
the last couple of weeks, obviously the real review, we're doing top wineries of Australia. Paul Hewan, honestly, I've got to stop asking him how he is because he's like, oh, the amount of wine, it's exhausting. But Hewan gave me a list of wines that um, hadn't come in. And um, he um, he said, look, he fired it. And I said, okay, I'll look at this and had a look. And it's a matter of, you know, starting off the conversation going, is this an oversight or is there is there something, um, you know, um, wrong or whatever and and went through the list and started getting some in and Hewan's like you won't get them in and um then they came in and he goes what how did you get that in I'm like oh 20 minute therapy session Hewan <laughs> and then there was another one which came in um actually just on Friday and Hewan's like oh my god so there were like about half a dozen but it's um you're very gentle and um there's still some that won't send them in there's a couple one in particular recently Nick and I had a conversation about and um Hewan you know just buys the wine you can't not have them in top wineries you have to go get the wine and um I don't know if they're going to be happy about it, but maybe their positioning means they will be. Who knows? Mm. Well, there we go. Christopher, great question and good answers, guys. Uh, so, so Nick, we thought for a little bit of fun, we do some uh, quick ones, quick questions for you. Suze is going to sure. fire off just for the next five minutes before we finish up. Okay, here we go. Tea or coffee? Bring it on, Suze. Coffee, and I haven't coffee. had one yet, so let's wrap <laughs> this up. You need it. Okay, Pinot or Shiraz? Best drink with bubbles. Best drink with bubbles. Yeah, sorry. Best best food, food. with bubbles. Best food with bubbles. Uh, Parmesan crisps. Mm. Okay. What's your signature dish? I imagine you're a decent cook. Uh, rabbit. I do, I do a couple of very interesting things with rabbit. Oh, I couldn't eat bunny. Um, and what do you drink with it? <laughs> couldn't eat bunny. <laughs> Grenache. Grenache. Mm. Who's the most famous person you've ever met? Oh, um, but the most significant to me is um, Dennis Lilly, my childhood hero, great wine man, loves wine, Dennis, and, and now... The greatest achievement in my career is he, he rings me every now and then and, and asks me what I think of the wine he's drinking. So I'd say Dennis Lilly. And what annoys you the most? Phone calls from Susan Nacy. Oh, don't even. Don't even. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you and break your fingers. What an, what an, okay, um, so, what, uh, everything annoys me sometimes. Right. Come a bit of an old woman. Hey, so what's the worst, <clears throat> what's the worst thing you've ever done while drunk? This I want to know. Oh, um, that's so many? probably not for a Sunday morning radio show. Something, go on. Uh, try to write a newspaper column. Oh, that's <laughs> conservative answer, but I get it. It is Sunday morning. <laughs> okay, and tell me lastly, what's for dinner tonight? Uh... Pass of Vongole. We're down at the, the beach for a week with the kids and, and I've got some... Pippies and, and everything else. So uh, I think, yeah. And uh, a bottle of uh, Pusey Vale Contours Riesling, mm. I think, for start nice. anyway. Yeah. And, and a round of Palomas. I've got some nice tequila here too. So a round <laughs> of Palomas <laughs> first. 
Nick, I think I have very similar uh, a palette to you. But you're reading it, you just, yeah, it, it, everything's just coming out and going, oh, I'll, I do like that. I do. So, actually, Nick, I've got one for you. If you were to make your own wine and you yep. could only make one varietal, what would you choose to make? Okay. Well, I have made my own, right? So, we've got seven neglected rows of Shiraz at our place in Clare that. <laughs> Um, I get the kids to pick and we make it a friend's winery. So, uh, but do you know what? I'd probably, <laughs> what I'd say, something like Columbard or, you know, something easy. Chambasan, something that something like completely disease resistant, something, something that, that no one wants to drink. in the vineyard. But if it was something that I wanted to drink, I'd be, um, I'd be making wine from my, my little, um, Small little you know, patch of Lamora in, in, in Barolo. Maybe that's the answer. Have, have you reviewed that Shiraz and what did you rate it? Uh, it's better than it has any right to be. It's a very, <laughs> very neglected wine, but it's actually, it's all right. Marnie Roberts at Matriarch and Rogue, um, you know, let us use her winery and then... And, and cast an eye over it as well. So it, it, it was looked after in the winery, if not in the vineyard. There you go. So I've got to say, I am a big fan of Grenache, and obviously you are as well. I've had a text in from um, from Christopher, who just asked the question uh, before. So um, last week on the show, we actually had a, quite a, a Grenache theme, even though it was slightly accidental, but it worked well. And I actually I actually tasked Christopher um, to get back to me with what are some of the, his favourite Grenache, because I'm a big, big fan. This is what he said. Yeah. Good morning, Jill. In response to the question at the end of last week's show, my top five Grenache wines starting from my favourite are, one, Head Wines Ancestor Vine Grenache from fruit out of the Stone Garden Vineyard in Eden Valley that are vines over 160 years old. Nice. Two, Clarendon Hills Romus Grenache sourced from 1940s planted vines in Blewett Springs in McLaren Vale. Number three, Yangara High Sands Grenache, sourced from 1946 vines in McLaren Four, Cirillo 1850 Ancestor Vine Grenache, sourced from the oldest Grenache vines in the world, located in Light Pass in the Barossa Valley. And number five is Zed Wines, the Rolex Viva Vine Grenache, sourced from vines over 90 years old in the Barossa Valley. And his value for money Grenache is the First Drop Wines Matador Ganache. Christopher, that is so good. Thank you. Um, anyone, I might actually post that somewhere so uh, so you can jot those down. Nick, do you know any of those Grenache? I know all of those. That's a very, very yeah. strong list. Christopher clearly knows yeah. his Grenache. And, and to that mm. list, I would add uh, the wines that Michael Corbett makes at Vanguardist. I think Michael yes. has, a, has a real affinity for Grenache, so both his... Standard um, Van Gardas Grenache and the Lorenda single vineyard wine he makes. Uh, the Farvey wine from Swinney in Franklin River, which is not somewhere you normally go thinking of Grenache, but that is, um, that's been a revolutionary wine um, for the way we think about Grenache outside of South Australia. I always used to say, you know, Grenache was like pronouncing your dance and chants properly and, and serial killers. It was a purely South Australian thing. But um, but the Swinneys have shown that it does pretty good things in Franklin River as well. And um, my mate Steve Pannell is, is a man who has a special touch with Grenache as well. 
Oh, they are some very good tidbits and it's stuff that our audience love to hear. Nick, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on, mate. We do need to wrap up now. Suze, thanks for getting him on. That was that was fun. <laughs> that was really oh, yeah, thanks, guys. Lovely to chat. Yeah, go and have a coffee and enjoy your Sunday. Really appreciate you uh, taking uh, your Sunday morning for us, Nick. Thanks, mate. Thanks, thanks guys. Thanks, Bye. Nick.